Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. And if it does add value, it would mean the world to us if you would share with a friend or to rate and review our show. It makes a big difference. There's a term popping up more and more that I've been hearing. People have been asking me about it. I've even been asked to write about it and uh, different conferences have asked if I would be able to talk about this subject. And the subject is this, the 1099 economy. Now, maybe just to summarize what the 1099 economy is. 1099 is in reference to a tax form. And it's a way that you are paid. There's two main types of ways that people get paid. W-2, which is you're an employee, that you work for a company, and then they, they issue you paychecks, which is something that most of us have done at some point in our life. A 1099, however, you're not technically an employee. You're more of a contractor, a consultant. You're, you're somebody that does work for the company, but you're not technically an employee. And there's a couple big differences with W-2 and 1099. And what I would say is, is as a generalization, people do not give the same amount of respect to 1099. In fact, people regularly will tell me stories. I have my own stories, but I had a client recently who's a 1099. They're a contractor. They kind of have their own business and they serve different companies. And these companies then issue a 1099 saying, here's how much we paid you so that you can take the 1099 and you report it on your taxes as income. And these, these friends would, would say to me, Travis, you know, people would ask me, when am I going to get a real job? And other people will say, you know, aren't you scared to be a 1099? You don't have any security. And other people say, you know, you're not doing real work as a 1099. That's just kind of a hobby. And it's all down the same road of 1099 equals not real. Or 1099 equals risky. Or 1099 equals dumb. That's the narrative that I hear and see over and over and over again. Especially this, when are you going to get a real job question? I hear that question a lot. People tell me they receive that question from all different areas of their life. So I thought that maybe this would be a good opportunity to talk about that. I am today presently a 1099. I'm a contractor. I have my own company and I do work for different companies and people. And I get issued 1099s for some of the work I do. And I used to be a W-2. I spent 15 years as an employee. I've been on both sides. I have clients on both sides. I have clients that have been on both sides. And I thought this might be just a good chance to just talk about the differences because there's a lot of confusion when it comes to what is a 1099, how is it similar, how is it different? And I'll start with this. There's one big, big difference between a 1099 and a W-2. 
A 1099, your, your employer, the person who's paying you, they do not take out taxes for you. As a W-2, you know, you, you make what you make and then what you get paid is a lot less because they take out federal, state, payroll taxes, and those all come out. And those get taken out automatically, and then you report that money having come out. On the other side of this, a 1099, no taxes are taken out. If you receive, if you make $5,000 as a, as a W-2, you might get 3000 or 3500 after they take out all your taxes. As a 1099, if you make 5000 you will get paid $5,000. So as a 1099, one of the things you have to do is account for taxes. You have to take that money and set it aside on, on your own because they're not doing it for you. For that reason... If you're not disciplined with, with knowing you're going to owe taxes on this money, you could get burned come tax time. But there's a different nuance when it comes to taxes as well. One, you know, we, we pay our federal taxes, we pay our state taxes, but we also pay payroll taxes. And what that looks like is 6.2% for Social Security and another 1.45% for Medicare. And when we get paid from an employer, we have to pay 6.2 plus 1.45. So 7.65% in payroll taxes. But here's something most people don't know. Every time you pay as an employee, pay 7.65% out of your paycheck, your employer is actually paying another 7.65%. You pay half, they pay half. You might not even know that. A lot of people don't know that. So when you, when you have to pay payroll taxes, you pay half, your employer pays half. When you're a 1099, they're not your employer. You're your own employer, so you have to pay both halves. If you have your own business, you have to pay both halves. That right there is the biggest difference between a W-2 and a 1099. If you're making a set amount as a, as a 1099 and you're making the same amount as a W-2, you're actually making more income as a W-2 because you don't have that second tax. So you have to factor in that extra 7.65% of payroll taxes. In other words, if you're a 1099, in order to be the same equivalent net pay as a W-2, you have to gross up your pay by 7.65% to account for the extra payroll taxes that you will have to pay. So that right there is, is inherent, the inherent difference between the two. And I know I am not saying being a 1099 is bad. I know people that have been 1099s for decades. And, and 1099 is also, when people talk about it being a 1099, they're also implying a few things. Number one, that you're not getting paid as much. Number two, it's much riskier. Number three that your income is much more volatile. That can be true. You might, you might have more volatile, volatile income. Your income might not be as high. That thing is all, that is all true. But it doesn't have to be. I know some 1099s that make far more than their equivalent W-2 counterparts. 
So one's not necessarily bad versus good. They're just different. And we have to understand those, those nuances, those differences. There's something else that a 1099 provides you with. If you are a 1099, that means you are not an employee. That entitles you, when you're a 1099, to deduct various expenses. As a 1099, you might, you might be able to write off mileage or continuing education that applies to your work. You might be able to write off travel. You might be able to write off a home office. And I say might because I'm not giving tax advice here. I recommend you talk to your, your tax professional about this. If you're a 1099, you need to be talking to your tax professional about this right now. There are a lot of opportunities for you to deduct expenses from your income that lowers your taxable. So this is a really big opportunity for people. I've worked with a lot of people that have gone from a W-2 to a 1099, and it's opened so many different doors with things they can deduct in conjunction with working with their tax professional. And it's one of my favorite parts about being a 1099 and being a contractor is that I do have the flexibility and the ability to do some of these things. So in that regard, I would say a 1099 is has a, has a leg up on the W-2. But let's go back to tax withholding. Because again, this is where 1099 people get burned because they don't know what they don't know. But as a reminder, again, W-2, federal taxes get taken out automatically. State taxes get taken out automatically. Your half of the payroll taxes get taken out. Your employer already pays their half. In theory, if you're withholding properly, when it comes tax time, you've, been, you've had enough taken out that you're, you're even with the government. No huge refunds, but also you don't owe them a whole lot either. You get, you get somewhere close. With a 1099, you owe 100% of that income to the government. So we have to prepare. And here's a good rule of thumb that I talk about with a lot of my contractor friends. And this is a rule of thumb. Again, tax professionals can help you. I guarantee what I'm about to say is wrong. It's a starting place. And this is where I start. And then my tax professional will help me navigate where do I go from there. But I always say this. Whatever your net income is, meaning your income that you make from all of your, your 1099s, all of your income that you make, minus all of your business expenses, equals your income. So whatever you end up paying yourself. Let's say, let's say you make $10,000 and you have 4,000 of expenses. That means you end up with 6,000 left that you can pay yourself. Here's what I do. If I pay myself six grand, let's use that as an example. I'm just pulling out numbers at this point. Let's say you pay yourself 6,000. I take another 3,000 and set it aside for taxes. So 50% of whatever I pay myself, you set it aside for taxes. And people say, well, what, you, taxes aren't 50%. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. But if you take, if you're paying yourself six, you take another three, that's nine total. Three of nine is 33%. And people always say, well, 
taxes aren't 33%, to which I always ask, are you sure? Are you sure they're not? Between federal, state, both sides of payroll taxes, it adds up quickly. It can easily add up quickly. And every situation's different, every person's different, every family is different. There's a lot of pieces that go into it. But I find when you take a third of your money and set it aside between federal, state, and both sides of payroll, you're probably somewhere in the ballpark. It might be higher, it might be lower, but taking that money, set it aside, it's a good start. You can always add to it or take from it later, but just planning for it along the way is a big deal. This is one of the reasons why people despise being a 1099 because they're tired of getting burned by taxes. And so I always say, let's just take that off the table. Take that off the table, set the money aside. You pay yourself six, set another three aside. You've essentially withheld 33%. Let it live in its own little tax sinking fund, we can call it. And then when it's time to do taxes, you do your taxes. You just do your taxes, you move on, and, and you're not going to get burned. You're not going to get surprised. You're not going to get scared. You just move on. I, I think 1099s are awesome. I think the people that I know that are 1099s, they're able to be more creative. They're able to curate their work. They're able to curate how many clients they have. They're able to curate who their clients are. They're able to curate what work they do for their clients. It's kind of a build your income as you see fit. It's a choose your own adventure. If you want to do, if you want more income, then you can go do more income. If you want less income, you can go get more, less income. But you are curating your income as you see fit. In a, yeah, I guess in, in a way, in a way, maybe it's, it's, it can be more volatile and maybe a little riskier. Sure. I think there's an argue, argument to be made for that. I also think that's one of the things that makes it interesting that we have to go out, put one foot in front of the other, make and do the right things for the right reasons, serve our clients well. It's what makes it interesting. So in a way, sure, I, 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 would, I would agree, maybe there's risk in it. But here's something else to think about. Let's say you're a 1099 and you have a handful of clients, like my media director, Rebecca. She's a 1099. She works, she works, does good work for me. I pay her and I'm one of her clients. And, and I pay her when she serves me well. But here's the thing. Let's just say, let's just say you're, you're a W-2 and you have a job. If you lose that job, you lose 100% of your income. If Rebecca and I part ways, Rebecca loses a portion of her income. Just a portion, just the portion I pay her. She still has her other clients that she gets to serve well, and maybe she serves them more, or maybe she replaces me with another client. In a way, that's less risky for Rebecca, or you fill in your blank 1099. So yeah, there is, there is more uncertainty, but there's also more diversification for a lot of 1099s that I work with. And I'm, I'm personally high on the 1099 economy. I think it gets demeaned. I think it gets belittled. I think it gets overlooked. When are you going to get a real job? Some of these people that are doing 1099 work, 
that are doing amazing work. They're changing the world. They're serving people well. They're curating the work that they want to do. They're working hard. I love it. I admire people that do it. I don't look down on W-2 people. I don't look down on 1099. And I don't think you should either. I think we need to bend the culture when it comes to this topic of, of 1099s. Instead of looking down upon it, maybe we should just look at it through a different lens. Because I, I think there's something there to that. And so I hope this gives you something to think about today. If you're a 1099, we'd love to hear your opinion on this episode. Let us know what you think. Does this align with your experience or do you think we got it wrong? We would love to hear your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Meaning Over Money. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on YouTube. You can find, you can find me on LinkedIn. We have a daily blog. We have all different ways that you can reach us. And, and so however that is, we would love to hear from you. And until next time, have an awesome week. Take care, guys. 